God, ruler of the universe. We are thankful for your word, thankful that it sustains us and leads and guides and directs us. And that's exactly what we wanted to do right now as we open it and hear from you. So speak to us from your heavenly gates in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Our topic tonight is from two parts of the Bible. We're going to be going back and forth. There's two chapters uh, in 2 Kings chapter 11, uh, a little bit into 12, and 2 Chronicles chapter 22 and 23 that tell the same story uh, from a different angle. And so we'll be looking at uh, a couple of verses from both. Uh, it's regarding Joash, the boy king. Okay, to get a little review before we get up to jo Joash, uh, in 2 Chronicles 22, verse 2, Ahaziah, king of Judah, reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Ataliah, the daughter of Ahab. Now, Ahab was the king in the, in the, of the northern tribes uh, in Israel, um, but Ahaziah was the king in Judah of the southern tribes. And so Ataliah was his mother. She was the daughter of Ahab. So we have at this point in, in history uh, the two nations being roughly joined uh, through marriage, uh, but not in a good way. Okay, and so he walked in the ways of Ahab, and he went with Jerome, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, to war against Hazel, king of Syria, and the Syrians wounded Jerome. So he goes to war with his uncle. So his, uh, Ahaziah's mother, Athelia, married, was Ahab's daughter, marries the king of Judah, who was the king of Jehoshaphat, a good king. Jehoshaphat allows his son to marry uh, Ahab's daughter and causes this union. Okay, and so now uh, Ahab's son goes to war with Syria, and Ahab's grandson, through Athelia, uh, joins his uncle in war. Okay? And the king of Israel gets wounded in that war. And his going to Jerome was God's occasion for Ahaziah's downfall. And he went out with Jerome against Jehu, whom the Lord had anointed to cut off the house of Ahab. And Jehu executed judgment on the house of Ahab, and he killed the princes of Judah and Ahaziah. So Jehu comes through. Uh, Elisha anoints Jehu to be the next king of Israel. Jehu comes through, and uh, his name means uh, God, Je Jehovah, is he, and he comes through, and he kills uh, Jezebel, Ahab's wife. Ahab had already previously died. He kills uh, Jezebel. He kills Ahab and Jezebel's son, who is king, Jerome, and he kills uh, one of their grandsons, uh, Ahaziah, king of Judah. And he kills all the other uh, princes of both kingdoms, kills all of Ahab's sons and grandsons up in Israel, and Jehu then becomes king in the northern kingdom, and Ahab's dynasty ends, uh, ends there. And so in the south now, Ahaziah has died, and all of Ahaziah's brothers are killed by Jehu. When Ahaziah's father became king and married Ataliah, he killed all of his brothers. He didn't want any competition. So again, he was the son of good Jehoshaphat, but he ends up in this relationship with Athaliah, and 
Now his father-in-law Ahab and mother-in-law Jezebel have an influence on him. He becomes king, his dad dies, he kills all his brothers. Pretty wicked thing to do, but he doesn't want any competition, he doesn't want anyone. He's fearful they may you know, try and take the throne instead of him, and so he kills them all. So now Jehu comes through and kills all of his sons. Well, actually also uh, uh, Ahaziah's father, um, when he was king, he was king for eight years. Um, the, uh, the Arabs come in, and God's protection is not over them anymore at this point. And, uh, and they kill uh, all of his sons except Ahaziah. And they take his wives, and I guess maybe they didn't kill some of them, but they took all of them captive, and they left Athaliah. That's the one they should have taken, <laughs> but they left Athaliah, and, uh, and they take all his other wives and, and kill all his sons except for this one, Ahaziah. So a lot of murdering going on, and uh, not much left of the dynasty. But when Ataliah, the mother of King Ahaziah, who was the wife, she was the wife of King Jerome, and the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, saw that her son was dead, she destroyed all her royal heirs. So she goes and she kills all of Ahaziah's sons. So just like her husband did to all of his brothers, and again, she might have been the one to convince him to do that, she goes and she doesn't want any rivals either. She wants to be the queen mother, and so she kills anyone else who might be left to hang on to the throne. And, and we can see, okay, yes, for the power uh, to be able to then be queen, but also, if we remember now, Jehu was going and wiping out all the seed of Ahab, which she is one. She's a daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, and the last remaining one. And so she might be thinking, well, Jehu's going to come for me next. He's killed my son. He's killed my brother. And so uh, he, she might be fearful that uh, he'll come for her too. And so, but if she's in queen position, well, then she has rulership over the army. She could at least go to war and battle, where if she's just a queen mother, uh, if one of her grandsons, whatever, decides not to protect her, uh, she could be next too. So there might have been some political and, and selfish and, and, and self-serving and self-protection under that idea of, well, I'll just kill them all and become queen. Not that that's a great thing to do. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good motive, but there might have been other motives other than, than uh, just uh, hatred towards her grandkids or, or just wanting to be king just to be queen. It might have been wanting to be queen also to be self-preserving. But a lot, of, a lot of issues at hand there. Uh, now, Jehoshaphat, the wife of Jehoiada, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest of the, of the Levites, in the temple, and she was also the daughter of King Jerome, okay? And she's the sister of Ahaziah. She took Joash, the son of Ahaziah. So while they're killing all of Ahaziah's kids, she grabs her nephew and takes him and hides him. Okay, so this lady, yeah, she's all in the mix here too, right? She is a son of Jerome. Jerome was the king who married Ataliah. She could have been Ataliah's daughter, but again, Jerome had a number of wives. A bunch of them were taken captive by the Arabs, so she might have lost her mother in that, and so Ataliah would have been her stepmother. Okay? She was the sister of Ahaziah, the one who got killed by Jehu. And so in a sense, she, uh, well, no, she wouldn't be a direct heir from Ahab if Ataliah was not her mother. Right? So if Ataliah is her stepmother, then there would be no blood from Ahab in her. Um, 
But she grabs then her little nephew and, and flees. Jehoshaphat hid Joash and his nurse in a bedroom from Ataliah so that he was not killed. Now Jehoshaphat, her name means Jehovah, Jehovah's Oath. Sheba, Oath, can be seven as well. Could be either one of those words. So Jehovah's seven, God's seven, or God's oath, God's commitment, God's oath with us. One or the other. So she takes him and hides him in one of the bedrooms in the temple. Um, we remember uh, that uh, um, another boy was raised in the temple. Samuel was raised in the temple. And so here we see uh, this boy is being raised in the temple, hidden in the temple. He hid in the house of the Lord for six years while Ataliah reigned over the land. And I'm sure that was not easy. You, know, you don't want the queen to hear. You don't want any of the queen's supporters to hear this baby. And so they're hiding. He probably can't go out during the day. He probably can't go for walks. He can't go to the park. He can't go you know, to the beach. He can't go anywhere. He's stuck inside the temple uh, grounds. Maybe at night he can go out a little bit, um, but, uh, but confined basically to the temple area. And, uh, and no doubt, um, Jehoiada, uh, Jeho uh, Jehoiada the, the high priest, and, and Jehoshaphat, uh, his wife, were instructing him and training him and teaching him for those six, six years. Must have been an intense time. And that's the kind of, uh, to prepare him for his role. And, uh, and the same with us as we raise our children or grandchildren or, or have influence over our nieces, nephews, or or others, or people here in the congregation, children here in the congregation, or in our lives, we need to, to instruct them in the way of the Lord. First six, seven years, very impressionable time, very important time, but all throughout their lives. And uh, we need to make that time good, preparing them for the work that God has called them to do. Second Chronicles chapter 23, verse 1, In the seventh year, Jehoiada the Kohen, strengthened himself and made a covenant with the five captains of hundreds. And they went throughout Judah and gathered the Levites from all the cities of Judah and the chief fathers of Israel, and they came to Jerusalem. And so he's working, he's working during these six years, he's working on raising this child, he's working on being faithful to the Lord, he wants to put uh, from the line of David back on the throne. He wants the, the, the nation to, to be... Uh, faithful to God, to be worshiping God. So he's networking with, the, with, with some captains, five different captains in particular. No doubt there were others, but these were the ones that he could trust. And so these were the ones that he worked with. These were the ones who, in some way, shape, or form, showed an allegiance to God and showed a displeasure with Ataliah's rule and what she was doing, bringing in Baal worship and all other kinds of horrible things. Judah, again, had been following very well up until Jehoshaphat. And uh, then we had uh, eight years with Jehoshaphat's son, and then the one year, and now six years with Ataliah. And so they brings them all together. They go and they get the Levites throughout Judah, but also chief fathers of Israel. That's the northern tribes. And so somehow they go up there and they get some of the Levites up there or some of the leading fathers up there and bring them down as well, which is interesting. So he gets this coalition of faithful people, and all the assembly made a covenant with the king of the house of God, in the house of God, with the king in the house of God, and he said to them, 
Behold, the king's son shall reign as the Lord has said of the sons of David. God is faithful. God has faithful people. Jehoiada is one of those faithful people, and his, and his wife was a very faithful lady. She risked her life doing this. No doubt her, her mother-in-law, or stepmother, uh, you know, had a watch on her. She killed all her grandsons. How? She didn't kill Jeho Je uh, Jehoshaphat? I don't know. God protected her, maybe because of her position. Maybe uh, she wasn't so concerned about the women. Maybe because she was married to the high priest. But she risked her life in saving this child, her little nephew. We don't know if Jehoshaphat had any children. She might have had children that the queen Athelia killed. But she grabs her nephew and hides him. Because God has promised that there would be a king on the throne of David until the Messiah comes. Until Shiloh comes. Until the anointed one would come, there would be someone on the throne of David, from the line of David. So they believe this promise. Now here this child, he's the only one left of the seed of David. And here these people claiming God's promise, wanting to be faithful to God, stay faithful to God, and do what it takes to put the child of David on the throne again. And so Jehoiada instructs all these, these soldiers and the Levites, this is what you shall do. One third of you entering on the Sabbath, so he does this on the Sabbath. The plan is for this whole event to take place on the Sabbath. And of the Kohenim and the priests and the Levites shall be keeping watch over the doors. One third shall be at the king's house, one third at the gate of the foundation, and all the people shall be in the courts of the house of the Lord. So he figures the Sabbath's a good time. People are coming to the temple for worship. People are off work. They're able to be there, and he's able to have as much support as possible. So he wants this to happen, he wants this to, to be known, and he wants it to be seen, and he wants it to be uh, recognized, and he wants uh, as much support around him when he pulls off this, this uh, transfer of power. And he commands them, let no one come into the house of the Lord except the Kohanim and the Levites who serve. And all the people shall keep watch of the Lord. The Levites shall surround the king on all sides with their weapons in their hands, and whoever comes into the house, put him to death. He's got the temple filled up to the house of the Lord, to the, to the, uh, to the holy place, the most holy place. The courtyard can be filled with people, but anyone, no one can come near the house of the Lord. Protect them. He's got Levites on each side, so the temple area is filled with Levites, even those that are supposed to be off duty. He's got them there. So he's got all the thirds there. He's got them surrounded. Jehoiada the Kohen gave the captains and the, the captains the spears and the shields that were in the temple of, the, of God, which belonged to King David. And so we're many years since King David, hundreds of years since King David, but they've kept these there and they've kept them there. They were made of the gold and silver. And so he brings them out and he gives those specific ones to these soldiers. Maybe for a couple different reasons. Maybe one for the one reason. He not only has the, the, the soldiers and the Levites that have their regular armament, but again, you've got the different shifts, but he's got all shifts working now, and so he needs extra armament, so he pulls out these others so that everybody can have something, but also because of the special meaning behind them. He's desiring to reseat someone on the throne of, of David from the seat of David. 
and he pulls out the shields of David for that purpose. I wonder if they pulled out um, Goliath's sword or whatever that was at this point. But they pull out the shields and the spears. And he said, all the people, every man with his weapon on his hand, from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, and all along the altar and all around the king. Something is going on. Something is about to happen. The people can sense it. They're coming in. What's going on here? Martial law has been declared. What's going on here? And they brought out the king's son and put the crown on him. Gave him the testimony to the giving him the word of God. Crowning him as king, putting him on the throne, and establishing him in the word of God. And made him king. Jehoiada and his sons anointed him and said, Long live the king. Long live the king. Special moment. Ataliah heard the noise and the people praising the king. So she came to the temple of the Lord. Maybe the first time in her life, right? She comes to the temple of the Lord and she saw the king standing by his pillar and the leaders and all the people rejoicing and blowing trumpets with singing and musical instruments as David had set it up. They're praising God and all the Levites are singing and praising God and thanking God. And she sees all this happening. What's going on here? They like tore her clothes and said, treason, treason. It's interesting how she can come up with those terms. <laughs> Lady who kills all her grandsons. Lady whose husband kills all his brothers. Treason. It's interesting how we blame others for the very sins that are in our own lives. Cries out hoping that some people will rally behind her. No doubt she had some supporters. She's calling for them to help her. Be on her side. This is treason. I'm the queen. Execute that boy. Execute the high priest. She wanted the, the, the five captains to turn on her side. Again, if there were other captains, could have had a whole civil war take place here. Right there in the temple of the Lord. Jehoiada the Kohen commanded the captain, saying, Take her outside under guard and slay whoever follows her. Do not let her be killed in the house of the Lord. Keep the house of the Lord pure. Don't let her be slain here. Take her outside. Destroy her outside the camp of the people. And anyone who follows her, let them die with her. They seize her, and she was killed. Thus putting the end, the final end, of Ahab's and Jezebel's dynasty and bloodline and rule. Just as God predicted. That it would not, that it would end when he was standing in in uh, the field that he had stole, stolen, Elijah came to him and said, you're not going to last. Your rule is going to end. God's word always comes to pass. God promised there would always be a king from David's line. God's word always comes to pass. We can trust God's word. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes, and, and you know, Jehoiada and, and Je Jehoshaphat, they knew they had the child. They had the child protected. They were praying and they were raising him to know the Lord. They were waiting for the right time. They were watching the army and watching the citizens and watching the people, seeing where their moods were, keeping an eye on what, 
Atilia was doing, Adelaide was doing, waiting for the right moment. But the majority of the people, to their knowledge, the word of God had failed. For six years, we have no king. We have no more ch child from the line of David. David's line, to their understanding, to their knowledge, has been wiped out. Their nation's falling apart. Things are changing. Idol worship is being brought in. Baal worship is being brought in. Sacrifices to Baal are being made. We've got this rogue queen. When's it going to change? When's something going to happen? When's God going to step in? Year after year after year? It seemed pretty bleak. It seemed pretty dismal. But God is still alive. God is still on the throne. Even when things outwardly do not look like he is in control. Does not look like he is watching what's going on. Does not look like he is active and at hand in our lives here on this earth. But he is. He's promised never to leave us nor forsake us. We can't always see it. For six years they couldn't see it. And no doubt Je Jehoshaphat and, 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 and um, Jehoiada were fearful. Satan no doubt brought doubts into their minds. They might not be able to pull this off. And if this fails, they're going to die too. And then what would happen to David's throne? They had to believe by faith on the word of God. Stand by that and that alone. By outward appearances, it may not work. They're against the odds. They're, they're risking a lot. And the more that Athaliah is queen, then maybe the more influence she's having. She's just a one-year-old child. How long can we wait? How soon can we make him king? A lot of risks. Maybe there's something going on in your life. Maybe it seems like God is not there for you. Maybe you're going through some difficulties. Maybe some health problems. Maybe some financial problems. Maybe some strange place. Maybe some dark area. And you're praying and you're praying and you're asking for the Lord's will to be fulfilled in your life. You're following his word by his grace. But it looks like he's not answering. It looks like there's no solution. And the problem might continue for a year, two years, three or six years. Where is God? How come he has not fulfilled his promise? How come he has not come through with his part of the covenant? Where is the answers? Where is his mercy? Where is his grace? Where is his deliverance? Where is his power? Where is God in the midst of all this? Sometimes we just have to trust. Sometimes we just have to wait. But God will come through. In God's time, in God's way. But God is faithful. And God has faithful people. Sometimes they're in hiding in the temple. Sometimes they're growing up there. Sometimes they're you know, just not ready to be revealed yet. God's plan is not always ready to be revealed yet. Some things we won't know till heaven. Some things won't be explained to us till heaven. But I believe with all my heart that when we get there and he shows us the, the, the videotape back, you know, the rewinds it all for us, and we see how it goes, we'll look at the whole, our whole life history, and he'll show us why we went through this and why we went through that and why this happened and why that happened. 
We'll see how all of it mixed together and how all of it worked out for us to be able to be in heaven and others to be there with us. We'll look at how he was working behind the scenes through it all. And he might ask us, you want me to change anything? You want me to go send you back and, and change anything? We'll say, no, don't change a thing. <laughs> don't change a thing. That's just how it needed to be. That's exactly how it should have been. I can see now how all that worked out to get me where I am before your throne this day. That's what the Bible's revealing here. God's still at work behind the scenes for six years. Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they should be the Lord's people. And also between the king and the people. They're making two covenants here. Between them and God, Lord, we will be your children. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for fulfilling your promise. Thank you for putting a seed of David on the throne again. So that the Messiah can come as you promised from the seed of David. And also between the king and the people. Like the Ten Commandments. First four, between us and God. And the last six, between us and other people. Right, so the covenant on both sides, the vertical covenant, right, so straight up and down covenant, and a horizontal covenant as well. That's right. That's right. The dual covenant that God has called us to. To love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Right? So we got the two Two promises, the, two, the, the Ten Commandments summed up in the two commandments. And that's exactly what he's doing here. Faithful Jehoiada. Faithful high priest. He's been through very difficult times. Seeing the corruption taking place, seeing the change that had taken place over these 15 years. Seeing the influence of Ahab coming down and affecting Judah. Seeing these children murdered and no doubt, some of them close to him, because of his wife, family members. He remained faithful to God, waiting for God to come through. God calls us to wait upon him, for him to come through for us. For us to make a covenant with God, and to make a covenant to love one another as God has loved us. Be faithful to God, and faithful to one another. And all the people went to the temple of Baal. So there was a separate temple that they had set up. And tore it down. And they thoroughly broke in pieces its altars and images and killed the priest of Baal before the altars. Amen. All right, faithful. Not only be faithful to God, but then faithful to God means more than just words. It means actions as well. To root out the sins in our lives. To root out the, the, the things that hold us. The things that, the areas that Satan has us bound. And we should be set free that we serve God and serve God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, with all our time, with all our energy, with our lives, with our actions, fully devoted to him in every aspect of our life. And nothing else has any hold on us. So they wiped it out of the land. I mean, look at this Baal God. I mean, what kind of thing is that? I mean, who would worship that thing anyway? <laughs> but isn't that crazy or not? People sacrifice their kids to this thing. 
They knock it down. The Baal God, he didn't care. He did the statue anyway, right? If it was a real God, he'd get up and do something about it. <laughs> he knocked down his temple and knock him down. And all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, for they had slain Ataliah. Rooted out the problem in the land. Faithful to God, following God, walking in his righteousness. And again, we see mercy and judgment. Mercy of God and judgment of God. Throughout the scriptures, balance of both in every aspect. In every story, in every word, in every thread, in every sentence, God's love is there, God's grace is there, mingled with his truth and his righteousness and his judgment, his justice. Joash in chapter, 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 21, here it calls him Jehoash, same king. I don't know why sometimes it's got these two different names. Jehoash, that, under that name, that means Jehovah's fire. I said, Joash is Jehovah's fire, this seven-year-old boy. Jehovah's fire was seven years old when he became king. Jehoash, he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. That's a good number, a significant number. And his mother's name was Zebiah of Beersheba. Very interesting. There's not many people, not all the people are mentioned in the Bible. Not every name of everybody is mentioned in the Bible. There's some people who do very significant things. Their names are not mentioned in the Bible. We read about a prophet of the Lord called the man of God. That's all he was called. Sent from Judah, goes up to the northern tribes of Israel and claims the word of the Lord. We never know his name. It's a man of God. On his tombstone, a man of God. <laughs> That's it. And many other people, we don't have their names, who are faithful, missed their lives, did mighty works for God. So to have his mother's name and her town where she's from, so we don't mix her up with anybody else, she's mentioned. I wonder why. Faithful woman. God wanted to mention her. God wanted her name to go down in history, being known. She must have died. Right? She must have died because she's not, she doesn't raise the child. Jehoshaphat, the wife of the Kohen Gadol, raises her with, with, the, with, the, uh, with his nurse. So in Ataliah's coming through and killing all her grandchildren, she must have killed the wives as well. God wants us to remember her. God wanted her to be mentioned. And also so that we have the lineage of the kings coming down from there, the kings of Israel. God's faithfulness is pure, that, that he comes from, a, again, a, a line from the tribes of Judah, from Beersheba being in the tribes, among the tribes of Judah, the area of Judah, nation of Judah. And so she's mentioned there. God calls us to faithfulness. Whether we die, whether we die before our time, seemingly before our time, God calls us to faithfulness. God will record our names in the books of heaven, whether it's known here on earth, whether our names are known here on earth or not. God wants to record our names in the books of heaven. Whether God does mighty deeds through us, has a big influence through us, or 
or maybe just giving birth to a child. Well, Jehoshaphat, we don't even know if she had any children. Well, I guess it mentions her. So, uh, Jehoiah's sons praising, praising God. But that uh, faithfulness on her part, protecting a child. Her name is mentioned. Her name is recorded. God calls each one of us to faithfulness. God calls each one of us to do our part. Whatever that is, and again, it might be being a martyr, it might be dying. Whatever God has called us to, God calls us to be faithful. God calls us to covenant with him, covenant with one another. To wait upon the Lord, to trust in God. And watch his righteousness come through. Well, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days in which Jehoiada the Kohen instructed him. So he reigns for 40 years. Again, it's a good number. We'll get more into his life as we continue on in the series. Um, see some of the things that God did through him. Reigns for 40 years doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. All the days that Jehoiada the Kohen instructed him. We need godly instructors in our lives. We need to follow them. Follow their word. He was given the testimony. He was given the testimony. He was given the word of God. God has given us the word of God to instruct us and lead us in the way. And so as we pray tonight, whatever area of your life God has been speaking to you, maybe again you're going through what's seemingly a dark time, an unknown time, going through six years or more or less or whatever, or it doesn't seem like God's answering prayers, doesn't seem like God's promises are coming to pass, going through some struggle, some difficulty, holding on by faith, but sight, it's not there. It's not there. Again, maybe just a few people knew about the boy king, the lineage of David. The majority of people didn't know. Maybe you don't know how it's going to work out in your life. You don't see the answer. You can't even imagine how we're going to get through this. But God has a plan. And I invite you to trust in God right now. Surrender that situation, surrender that problem, surrender that worry, surrender that care, whatever it is. And trust in the Lord. The Lord will work it out. God will turn all things together for good to those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. Love him. Be about his purpose in your life. And he will work all things out together for good. Trust in him, lay back in him, rest in him, and allow him to work. Maybe God's calling you to covenant with him, to renew your covenant with him, to commit to him, to commit your life to him. So Jehoiada invited all the people there at the temple on Sabbath to commit their lives to the Lord. I invite you to commit your life to the Lord. If you've committed your life to the Lord, I invite you to recommit your life to the Lord, to live for him and only for him. Is there any Baal worship or any other type of worship in your mind or heart? Any area of compromise with God's word? Any other things pulling from the attention from God? Any areas of sin in your life? Anything that has a hold on you in any area? Anything, any area where you're not totally free? Ask God to set you free. Covenant with God. Covenant to be with God. Ask God to be your God. Ask him to come into your heart and mind. Accept the son of David. Except the Messiah, who was prophesied to come down this kingly line, 
God makes sure that he came and sat on his throne. Who came to this earth, who died for our sins. Faithful. God was faithful. Brought the Messiah before the kingdom of Judah ended. So we can trust in God's word. We can trust in the Messiah that came. And we can accept his sacrifice in our behalf for the forgiveness of sins. That he can set us free. Because Yeshua said, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Accept his freeing in your life. Allow him to set you free. So surrender everything to him. Just give it over to him. Whatever care, whatever worry, he will come through for you. Invite him to come into your heart and mind. Maybe God's calling you to enter into a covenant. Maybe God's called you to minister to somebody, some other person in this world that God's calling you to minister to. Maybe it's ministering to someone else's child. That Jehoshaphat ministered to one of her nephews. God's calling you to minister to somebody. God's calling you to covenant with God and covenant with others. Maybe God's calling you to minister to somebody. Maybe someone needs to hear the word of God through you. Maybe God wants to use you in sharing his love with someone else covenant with God and covenant to serve God in ministering to others so that there'll be more people in the kingdom of heaven. Covenant to have your name written there in the books of life. To remain there. Not to be blotted out by God's grace. As we pray together, again, any area that applies to you, one of these areas we just discussed, or maybe some other area God's been talking to you tonight, and that's fine too. Whatever it is, Surrender it, accept God's will, accept God's promise, accept God's grace, accept God's forgiveness, accept God's deliverance, accept God's power. So we pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we are thankful for your word and we are thankful that you are faithful to your word, that your promises come to pass, that your promises are sure, that your righteousness is pure, Lord, work in our lives. Work your will. And just as you had a plan for each of the seed of David, you have a plan for each one of us. Work out that plan and fulfill your plan in our lives. We want to surrender to you. We want to surrender our cares and our worries, and any dark areas, uncertainty in our life, any unknowns in our life. We want to trust you and we want you to give us the patience to wait upon you. To wait upon you to fulfill your word in our lives. Wait upon you to Fulfill your will in our lives according to your word. Lord, remove out of us any selfish motives, anything in us that's like Ataliah, any area in our lives that we're afraid and wanting to get rid of our competition. Lord, remove from us all selfishness, greed, pride, thirst for power. Humble us before you and we be surrendered before you. Make us faithful like Jehoiada, Jehoshaphat. Be faithful to you. We want a covenant with you, Lord. Work in our lives and in our hearts. Write your laws in our hearts and in our minds and fulfill them out of us. And make us loving to one another. In Yeshua's holy name.